2: Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn Awardner, and in this episode, which is brought to you by Ole, I am chatting all things anti aging and how to take excellent care of the skin around your eyes with the rather fantastic Dr. Frauke Neuser. Um, In particular, we'll be talking about how to prevent the signs of ageing, how to use skincare to treat ageing skin, and why Olay Eye's Pro Retinol Treatment Cream is their latest innovation in treating this very delicate eye area. Now, Dr. Frauke Neuser is Olay's principal scientist and has spent years analysing data and looking at skin under the microscope to better understand Understand how to treat it with topical skincare. I've been very, very lucky throughout my career to hear her speak many times, to present really fascinating insights into the work that they do back at the labs at Olay and I'm really 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 pleased that she's on the show to kind of talk in more detail about some of those recent discoveries in this episode now I'm going to ask Falka how Olay made retinol gentle enough to use around the eyes because I know there's a lot of skin intellectuals in the audience and you may be wondering if an eye product can contain retinol I'm also going to be asking whether the skin around the eyes does in fact age differently from the rest of the face, and if so, how? What they learned at Olay from speaking to thousands of women about their skin, and the one piece of advice she'd give everyone to help prevent the signs of aging. And honestly, there's so much, much more in here. I'm so pleased to give you an an insight into the kind of people I get to speak to as a beauty journalist. So I'm glad that she's on the show to talk about this. As ever, all the links will be in the show notes on iTunes and emmaguns.com. And you can find me on social media as at emmaguns. And if you want to join the Facebook group where we're having a lot of fun talking all things, skincare, beauty, whatever that might be, please do follow the link to the Facebook forum in the show notes. So here she is, the fabulously knowledgeable Dr. Frau Knoyser, Ole's Principal Scientist, on The Emma Gunn Show. So I'm very excited to have Dr. Frau Knoiser on the podcast, um, talking specifically about something that I know lots of listeners have been in touch with me about, and this is about the eye area. Um, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, you are
2: me. well. Very, very happy to have you here. Have you, here. you are Ole's principal scientist, and you have been doing a lot of research recently, as ever, as is always the case, on the eye area and the signs of aging, how it is affected by the aging process, and the topical creams, lotions, and potions that we can put on top to perhaps help reverse and prevent. So, what were those? What did those initial studies? Tell you, are we going mad, or are, do the eyes actually age a lot faster than the rest of our face? You are n- not going mad. It is actually true.
0: So in this case, perception is reality. Um, so we did um, run a really interesting study that we called the facial mapping study because we were interested, you know, everybody kind of seems to know anecdotally that the skin around the eyes is different and thinner and more vulnerable. But, you know, to what extent is it, is it really different? Um, so we ran this facial mapping study where we compared the under eye area, the crow's feet area the the cheeks the forehead and the, naso, the nasolabial area mm-hmm. to really look at you know the biological molecular profiles of how is the skin around the eyes different mm-hmm. um, and and yes all the things that we kind of anecdotally knew proved to be true yes the 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 skin is much thinner less than half the thickness of wow. other skin on your face it is also drier because it has fewer so-called sabocytes so the the the, uh, the elements in your skin that actually produce the natural oils, the sebum, there's less of them okay. if you look at the, the skin around the eye area. And uh, the barrier is also weaker, which means that the skin around your eyes loses moisture much faster. Than, than, than the other zones on your face um, and then last but not least as if that wasn't enough the elasticity around you know underneath your eyes is also lower than the rest of your face so it's really like even when you are still in your 20s mm-hmm. your eyes already have um, a disadvantage yes as it comes to this scale because
2: i've just listened to a presentation that you've just given on a much much bigger scale But one of the things you said is that the damage is already there before you can you can measure it before we can actually even see it now that's how advanced this yes, testing is yeah so exactly so one thing is you know the, the the
0: skin around the eye starts from a lower point i wouldn't even call it you know damage it's mm-hmm. just naturally and then the, the damage mm-hmm. takes hold earlier and and yes as you mentioned it doesn't even you know kind of maybe show up yet Mm -hmm. but we can measure underneath your skin that there are already biological processes that change your skin and that let your skin cells age even before you see the first lines and wrinkles
2: and, and whatnot so in addition to this facial mapping and doing all of these tests in the lab you've also spoken to is it thousands of women and measure and got their feedback on how they perceive their skin to be aging, particularly the eye area. What's been the general feedback and what tend to be the predominant concerns that they're yeah. sharing with you? So what, what women tell us that, you know, when when we ask so where do you
0: see first signs of aging, most women say it is around the eyes. Mm-hmm. So and, and we know that to be true. Um, and then, you know, there, there's a variety of, of issues that I talk about. The, the, one of the biggest ones seems to be dark circles. Mm-hmm. And I think um, one of the reasons is that it's so visible. Yes. It's, uh, and, and, it, and it's not even so much about aging, right? You could have dark circles when you're 18. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's really something that it's all about contrast when, you know, a beautiful face has very low contrast and dark circles. Give a lot of contrast mm-hmm. as, do, as do lines and wrinkles, but they're also concerned about crow's feet uh, wrinkles and puffiness so those areas are, are the you know the biggest concerns for for the women that, that we talk to and then we did some uh, perception research as we call it, perception research and also eye tracking research to really you know prove the point that yes actually you know a people look at your eyes first that's when they make that split second kind of first judgment yeah. you know how young how healthy how attractive are you. Um, and they then interestingly they come back to that area. So they look mm-hmm. at your eyes and they do look around, but they come back to your eyes. And so it does make a huge difference. But the good thing that we also learned is that if you, if you can make some small differences, some small improvements, it will overall um, really have have an impact. So you don't need to do like a hundred percent get rid of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, even small changes can really change the perception.
2: Well what would you say because we've we've got a couple of things to cover here because we want to look at the preventative measures which we are definitely coming on to and also treating what already exists Mm -hmm. so what are the leading causes are there any lifestyle changes are there anything aside from what we're going to talk about in a minute that people can do to help with the aging process particularly when it comes to the age we're talking nature versus nurture here
0: yeah so Yes, so, so 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 we know that a couple of the things you do actually have a huge impact on how well your skin ages, mm-hmm. um, and, and and the number one you know thing you should do, and, and you know at, at the risk of boring you and, and people listening to you, it is using daily sun protection. It is this is something the listeners have heard many many times. To you,
2: number three, and I wish I could tell you something more <laughs> exciting. But, but I can't. I so. love that. I love the fact that you just said it's the number one, it's the number one, it's the number two, and it's the number three. Because, because it is true. So if you can start at a, you know,
0: as, as young as possible age to use a daily moisturizer and then make it a moisturizer
2: containing SPF in the morning, mm. you're, you're already doing a lot for your skin. Okay. That's very interesting. So that, would you say that's the only... No. Okay. I think it makes the single biggest um, difference. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, there
0: are other things, you know, you you can do, um, especially when it comes to, you know, your skincare routine, things like, you know, Mm -hmm. the right cleansing routine. Mm -hmm. Don't, you know, your skin is a delicate organ. Mm -hmm. So... You know, there is such a thing as over cleansing and yes. over exfoliation, which be is rough. yes, which is yeah, yes, exactly. Be be thorough, but be mm-hmm. gentle. Um, moisturize, 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 mm-hmm. um, and it's not enough to drink eight glasses of water. A day. That's great for your overall body, but your skin needs the moisturization also from the outside. Because
2: I think we've established on this podcast before, haven't we, listeners, that drinking water doesn't necessarily mean more hydrated skin, does exactly. it? Exactly. Could you please confirm this for us? <laughs> yes, that is a, uh, um, a myth that I'm very happy to bust. Excellent. Yeah, because um, I know whenever I say, oh, I'm feeling a bit dehydrated or my skin's looking such and such, somebody will comment, oh, you should drink a glass of water. And I now have to say, well, actually... That's not strictly true. Anyway, would you do you have any advice for anti-aging in terms of the different decades? So when should you start using anti-aging? Is it in your thirties? And then how should you evolve your regime as you navigate through forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties?
0: Yeah. So may I get a little philosophical on this Because I would say don't think about anti-aging as anti-aging, because Mm -hmm. if you start doing it when the aging is there you know, you, you're always tr- uh, trying to play catch up. Right. So I would say, you know, but if you want to stay with that term anti-aging, the best anti-aging treatment is a daily sun protection product mm-hmm. because UV exposure is the number one accelerator of mm-hmm. visible skin aging. So, you know, so it, it's, it's, you know, the, the prevention and, and, and the cure is almost, you know, you have to think about both from an mm-hmm. early age. So if you moisturize your skin... And if you use a sunscreen, you're actually doing a lot of anti-aging before the aging has mm-hmm. even kicked in. And I just want to mm-hmm. sort of—I know we talked about it already, but but think about it that way. You know, mm-hmm. don't wait until you know a lot of the damage has been done and it's done to a degree that it becomes mm-hmm. visible. But think about as as as
2: preventing it. Um, mm-hmm. Even up front. and you can also see the benefits of that. If you're in your fifties or sixties, if you start wearing an SPF, There's no point just saying, "Well, it's too late now, is it?" It's still useful. No, no even if you stayed, uh, even yeah. start late, it, it still makes a, a, a
0: very big difference. A huge difference. So, so, so that's one. You know, so start with that early. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, there are some other differences when mm-hmm. I think about 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. And, and, and one of the studies we ran actually looked at, um, you know, skin at every decade of your life. And we had large populations of women in their 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, because we were really curious to see, mm-hmm. you know, is aging, you know, very linear? And with every decade, you know, you lose 10% of whatever. Or are there certain tipping points? Mm-hmm. And we found that there are actually, you know, these so-called tipping points. So in your 20s, your skin already starts sort of slowing down in its natural antioxidant defense. Mm -hmm. So not only do you really need to use a sunscreen, but thinking about antioxidants in your product is also a good idea because a lot of the damage um, that otherwise happens, you know, it's not visible yet, so Mm -hmm. you're not worried about it, but it's already happening. So in your 20s... Antioxidants are a really good ingredient um, to look for.
2: But could you rattle off a couple of ingredient antioxidants that yes. they would appear on the inky list? Yes.
0: Uh, so vitamin C, vitamin um, E. Green tea extract. Um, there, there, there's a couple of different ones, but those are some of the favourites that, that that we use. Um, okay. Oftentimes, they will actually be called out as antioxidants because there seems to be sort of a
2: a general awareness mm. of of these ingredients now. Mm. Yeah. Well, one of the ingredients that has been getting so much attention recently, and with good reason, because it really is, um, as we've heard this morning, it's a gold standard. It's the kind of top of the class as you were. Is retinol? Yes. And re- retinol is. Many many things. So, would you mind just breaking down what the different types of retinol are? Because it's an umbrella term, isn't it? In, in, in ish, <laughs> y-
0: ish, exactly. So, so, so the the umbrella term is maybe to think about it as you know the as vitamin A mm-hmm. or you know retinoids as as an umbrella term, and then there are different you know sort of chemical forms within that. Mm-hmm. So the probably the the, the most powerful um, retinoid in that group is retinoic acid.
2: Mm-hmm. And And that's the
0: prescription? Exactly. That's what you find in most of the prescription products, Mm -hmm. retinoic acid. That's the biologically most active form Mm -hmm. of retinol, so vitamin A. But it's also the one that has the highest irritation potential. Yes. So a lot of women sort of complain about dryness, redness, irritation, and they don't like using Mm -hmm. retinoic acid.
2: What does irritation mean when you use retinol? What does it mean is happening to the skin? Does it mean you're having an allergic reaction?
0: It's not an allergic reaction. It's literally irritating your skin. So it turns red, it it it, it flakes, mm-hmm. it looks kind you know, think about angry skin, mm-hmm. that's what you're getting. And and that's kind of the underlying um And that's what you want. I think that's a positive not necessarily so it doesn't you don't have to have irritation to get the to get the benefit right but a lot of people do get it okay. with the retinoic acid which is why the cosmetic industry um you know many years ago started looking at alternatives but within that same group so mm-hmm. retinol mm-hmm. it's uh, kind of one removed one step removed from retinoic acid mm-hmm. is therefore a little less efficacious but also has a better irritation profile meaning it's less irritating or irritating to feel
2: people and so you would be more likely to find that in something you could buy without a prescription right so retinol acid you buy um you get over prescription and then when you move into retinol and this is um they're the kind of products that would have one percent or 0.5 on the packaging maybe well yes maybe one percent is fairly high so mm-hmm. it probably would be would be less than that now most products
0: don't actually tell you um that the percentage necessarily um so you might not you might not actually know how much is, is really, okay. really in there uh, but as I said retinol itself still has a fairly significant um, mm-hmm. irritation potential mm-hmm. so um, there's, there's a, a third group of, of retinoids which are the retinoid esters um, and that's actually the one that, that we use that we call pro-retinol because mm-hmm. it gets converted into retinol in your skin which then gets converted into retinoic acid but you're allowing your skin to do it at its own pace. Mm. So you're giving it a, uh, an ingredient that can, you know, still does some of the same things, delivers the same benefits, but has a much lower irritation potential.
2: And what we're talking about here is the Olay Eyes Pro Retinol. This is the new product. Exactly. And I, when I first saw it, I saw retinol, I saw eyes, I thought...
1: Small details are big surfaces, tight corners or odd shapes...
2: really what's happening here this doesn't seem like a good idea because the word irritation comes up with retinol but you've done something really special to the retinol in order to be able to use it on the eye area and and this is very impressive um it reduces the appearance of deep wrinkles in four weeks it does, it does,
0: and but it doesn't stop after four weeks, so we actually mm-hmm. have clinical data for four weeks, eight weeks, even twenty four weeks, mm-hmm. which is a full six months, mm-hmm. to show that you know the the performance even
2: goes up after those initial four weeks. So what have you done in order to make pro retinol, yes. um, applicable to the eye area
0: yeah, so and, and again, so, so the reason we chose the pro retinol. Is that it has much lower irritation, so it is safe to use around mm-hmm. the eye area. Now you're going to say, well, but it doesn't have the same um, performance and efficacy. Well, on its own, it might not. But mm-hmm. we've combined it with um, a couple of different peptides mm-hmm. and with niacinamide, which is vitamin B three, mm-hmm. and and so in formulation, it's always it's always about the combination. Very rarely do you get a product where you have one. Just one active ingredient. Mm-hmm. And so, what we've seen is when we combine our pro with these other ingredients, we get comparable wrinkle reduction mm-hmm. to a prescription um, re- a retinal product, but with almost none of the irritation, dryness, mm-hmm. redness. Uh, we keep the skin barrier intact, so you're getting all the Goodies mm-hmm. without the disadvantage, It sounds a little bit too good to be true,
2: but it actually is in this case. But I know I've been coming to these presentations for years. I've heard you speak many, 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 many times. The level of detail that goes into producing these new formulas is forensic. It's so unreal. But, and it sounds like the fact that it's gentle has been at the top of the list of requirements. The fact that it's easy to use...
0: Yes, because you know we are in the business of beauty mm-hmm. right we don't want to we don't want to harm your skin we don't want you to get all red and irritated and dry mm-hmm. just um, just to be able to 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 get a benefit you're you're looking for so I think there's always ways around it but but you really have to put in the time to really mm-hmm. understand your formulations to understand how your skin responds to look at different skin types, mm-hmm. how do they respond it 's not just you know, um, so on, especially on, on the retinal, on the pro retinal products, we've done a lot of research both in the Western world but also in Asia mm. to make sure that it works for all different skin types, and I think that's important as well because otherwise you
2: might end up with something that mm. does really well in the lab, but once you send it out in the world, it, it doesn't perform so well. And what I also think is incredibly interesting is that you also tested it, you've tested the pro retinol against. Prescription retin A is that right? Exactly. Yes, that's that's the study I was uh, alluding to earlier, the twenty four week um, mm. clinical study, and we
0: used uh, we ran that study together with a, uh, a couple of external um, independent dermatologists who helped us to design the study in the right way and to also um, graded the participants in mm. the study, so they literally looked at their pictures at baseline after eight weeks and after twenty four weeks mm. to grade. Um, the wrinkles around the eyes, and we saw a significant improvement, and it was no different from the results you got with the Retin-A prescription product. Goodness. That must have been a good day at the office. It was, it was. <laughs> yes, yes. And by the way, it's, it's a, we published the results. So it's a publication everybody has access to, so it's not that we're hiding any of this. Well, um,
2: I will there. make sure that the notes to that, um, the link to that is in the show notes. But I think what I'm really interested about is how would I use it, because I think... I've talked to many people on this podcast before about. I think uh, the consumer is getting a lot savvy, a lot more savvy about ingredients. But then it's a case of: can you layer too many? Can you create a cocktail that perhaps might not be so good? So, if I'm using the Pro Retinal, Olay Pro Retinol Eyes, um, what order should I be using it in? What time of day should I be using it? Is it a night-only product? It's not a night-only product. So, we uh, recommend to use it morning and night. Mm-hmm. No, obviously, we also know
0: that you know people do whatever works best for them. So if you only want to use it at night or only use it once a day, mm-hmm. then I think that you know if it works for you. That's that's also fine. But our um, recommendation for best results is to use it twice a day. Um, now, in terms of the order of products, mm. the way I think about it, your eye product is probably the last step before you apply your sunscreen. Okay. Um, so, you know, if you have multiple toners, serums and other things mm -hmm. before it, that's all good, but make sure that your, you know, kind of your second last step is the eye cream and then your last step,
2: don't forget about the, the SPF product. So if you're using it in the morning, the last step would be to put some kind of SPF over the top. Yes. And sorry, of course, at night it wouldn't be at night, you know, you have
0: your, you have your moisturizer, but yes, in the morning specifically, don't forget to put your SPF
2: as the last layer. Mm, Okay. That's very interesting. And how does it feel? Can I use it all over the eye area? I think whenever I apply my eye cream, I tend to do the sort of little tappy thing with my ring finger. Yes. Goes, but you can you can use this on the mobile lid as well and
0: You can, yes. And and it's and it really depends about, you know, are you using it to treat what's, you know, a problem that's mm-hmm. already there? Then of course you want to focus on on that area as so a little bit more kind of, you mm-hmm. know, preventative. But um, if if you look at the, if if you've tried it, you know, the texture is really, really light, Mm. it absorbs very quickly, which is what you want around the eye area because you don't want to, you know, you don't want it to run into your eyes. You also don't want to have to wait 10 minutes before Mm. you apply your makeup so it's a very nice
2: texture that absorbs super quickly and then doesn't, you know, feel wet or greasy or anything afterwards. Well, that's another thing I was going to say because sometimes with the eyes you sort of, you know, use that light finger tapping move um, motion, but it is it's a very gentle soft yes, texture like you say it absorbs very very quickly. So, it is fine to put makeup over the top of it and you can yes. just go about your day as normal. I think sometimes when there's a very potent, very effective active ingredient in skincare we can sometimes either overuse it or I know I have and but you can just use this as normal is there a preferred amount would you say less is more or yes I would definitely you know
0: start with because it comes in a a tube with a a, a kind of long fine nozzle Mm -hmm. so it's very easy to to dose just a little bit and and, and start with that Mm -hmm. you know I'd I'd rather okay now I feel I can use a little more rather than you know, using too much and then well, what, what do I do with that? So you don't really need very much, you know, as long as you feel that you've covered mm-hmm. the areas that you wanted to cover with, you know, underneath the eyes, the uh, the corners of the eyes, so the cross feet area, mm-hmm. if you want to use it on the lids,
2: then you, you might need um, a second little... um little of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think what's very clever is the packaging has been designed to support the formula, which I know we all know... There has been a lot of change recently, but obviously retinol is light-sensitive, which is why um, you would use an SPF over the top in the daytime and why people using more extreme levels of retinol are encouraged to very strongly to use an SPF over the top. But the packaging's actually been designed to protect it from light, hasn't it, and to keep it stable and... Yes, and it's not just from light, it's generally from, from oxidation mm-hmm. and, and,
0: and sort of... Um, yes, uh, so you know and and there's a a couple of different ways you can do it but it's it's even important as you pack it that you do it under protective sort Mm -hmm. of atmosphere all those good things and that if you have a little tube it doesn't kind of suck the air back in so there there's a couple of you know that you don't even think about when you when you buy and
2: and use a product yet our scientists have probably um (laughs) worked you mentioned the formula you mentioned the fact that it also contains peptides and niacinamide. Yes. Could you talk us through the additional ingredients and what they do? So yes. we've got carnous, is it carnose?
0: Yes, and uh, let me actually start with niacinamide because Let's go. it's so niacinamide is a form of vitamin B3. Mm-hmm. And if there was one ingredient you would want in your skincare and you could have only one and nothing else, you would want niacinamide. Oh my goodness, coming from you that is like it it really is.
2: Why do you love it?
0: Because it it does so many things for your skin. Um, And don't even think about it as an anti-aging ingredient. It's an ingredient that keeps your skin healthy and strong and resilient. Mm. Um, if, if if that you know so if you use it in your twenties that's what it's going to do you're going to have you know strong skin that is resilient against stressors from the inside and the outside it's going to be you know much much better at holding moisture it, uh, it's going to have a better texture whether we're we're thinking um, pores or fine lines it's mm-hmm. going to have better complexion in terms of tone so niacinamide does. A little bit of everything and the reason why is it's, it's a, it plays a very central role in just skin cell metabolism by the way not just skin cell, cell metabolism which is what you know vitamin means it's essential for you to live so and it's in the same way it's very essential for your skin so niacinamide we're still learning new things about it every day although we've used it for the past 20 years but it's really incredible um, you know how how beneficial it can be for skin, no matter what life stage you're at. Because
2: it felt like 2015 was the year of niacinamide, and I remember around sort of the end of 2015, a lot of commissioning editors were saying to me, find us the next ingredient, can you write a feature on the big ingredient for 2016? And then still niacinamide has got a huge profile, and everyone is saying the applications what you can actually do with this is really quite something yes yes it is so so that's so so I want to say there's no
0: Olay leave on product formulation mm-hmm. that doesn't have niacinamide, almost none, because it has such a crucial role to play. Interesting. And then the, you know, the second group of ingredients we mentioned were peptides. So yes. we have three different peptides in there. Can you explain just as a dummy guy? Because I always need what mind is a peptide? What is a peptide? Okay. So your skin and all of your body are made out of a, a critical group of um, what I want to call it components that are called proteins. Mm-hmm. Right, and we all thought about proteins and eat your protein and that good stuff. And and uh, proteins are very large molecules that, that you know build your muscles and build your skin and, and other areas of your body. And if you break those down, you know if you think about the big Lego castle, mm-hmm. that's your protein. Once you break it down, then the the the, the smaller building blocks, those are actually peptides. Mm-hmm. So many peptides put together make a protein. Okay. Um, and so what researchers found uh, many years ago was that when, when skin you know, regenerates itself, it uses peptides as little kind of signal molecules mm-hmm. that tell skin, oh, it's time to make mm-hmm. some new collagen, some new El- El- allistin. So it's almost you know, as, as uh, yeah, natural kind of wake-up calls within mm-hmm. the skin. And then we found that when you put those peptides into a skincare product, it can sort of trigger that regeneration mm-hmm. even when skin isn't sort of naturally triggering its, its own regeneration. Um, and regeneration is very similar, you know, that's kind of what you want when you talk anti, anti-aging. Yes. So you want skin to produce fresh collagen, mm-hmm. fresh allistin, um, and, and that that's what peptides really play a very big role mm-hmm. in. Um, and then we have carnosine, which is also a peptide but a slightly different one because it has antioxidative properties. And um, antioxidants, I think everybody's heard about that, and we talked about it, yeah. um, so so they have a very protective function. So all of this, niacinamide, three different peptides, and the proretinol mm-hmm. go into the eye product, and it's really the the whole package. It's not, mm. you know, each each one plays an important role, but all together really give you the full benefit of of the product in a
2: gentle formula that doesn't feel. It feels gorgeous on the skin. Like that's the only way, isn't it? It feels really nice, and the skin, as you say, it's absorbed quickly. I always say, "Well, that's a sign that the skin loves it; it's absorbing it." Yes, exactly. And and, you know, and
0: again, in the eye area, that's that's really important because the last thing you want to do is have to sort of rub for ten minutes to make
2: it disappear. Mm. Or worse, it makes it. I mean, just being vain here. Worse, it makes your makeup not stick, and then you get through half the day, and you know you've got panda eyes, or worse, it's all down your cheeks. Double that. That is so interesting. And thank you for explaining those ingredients as well, because I, it's so easy to get lost. I feel like there's a new ingredient every day. There is, there
0: <laughs> is. And, um, you know, I, I, I think one, you know, just one general comment, I think, is if, if, you, if you look at the ones that have been around for a long time, mm. there's a reason why they've been around for a long time, whether mm. that's retinol, niacinamide, peptides. You know, yes, there will be kind of the new-ish, uh, more maybe sexy ingredients, mm. But I think there's something to be said for ingredients that have been trialled and tested, even by many different companies and brands, because mm-hmm. if all of them think there's something here, then you know, there probably is versus, you know, one ingredient that gets only used by um, you know, one brand or one company and then it's like, well, is there independent data to prove that it really works? So there is something to be said for, you know,
2: true and tested mm-hmm. and, and, and familiar. It has been around for a long time well i know lots of listeners have been in touch with specific questions about the eye area so thank you for addressing all of those and i will put the link to that study in the show notes because that will show the visible before and afters to see the actual effect of the pro-retinal eyes on um on the skin is that correct yes that was the study the 24-week clinical study versus the prescription um product yes Falka, I've been so lucky over my career to hear you speak so many times, but I'm just very, very grateful that you've come on the Emma Gunn Show to talk about your research, to talk about this new product and what it can do. So thank you so much for your time.
0: It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank
2: you for having me. Anytime. Come back whenever you like. (laughs) I will. Thank you so much for tuning in I hope you enjoyed that episode of the show brought to you by Olay if you do want to get your hands on pro retinal eye treatment and why wouldn't you and you're based in the UK why not head to Boots and if you want to be at the front line of all the information from Olay why not follow them on social media where they are at Olay UK thank you once again for listening and I will see you on the next one